0: what's up everyone welcome into another episode of locked on bucks and today we're talking player tiers our uh, good friend seth part has done his annual player tiers and there's a number of bucks players that fit in this 125 uh player rankings or tier system so we're going to discuss whether it all makes sense uh from a bucks perspective there's a few little contract bits and pieces uh today as well so we can get into that let's get started
1: max him down Giannis into the lane, Giannis spinning.
0: to Locked On Bucks. I'll be host Kane Pittman. You can see hear me on this show Monday to Friday, uh, at least for a few more weeks until we get into off-season mode. And uh, also find my work over at ESPN alongside me for the Bucks Radio Network. Uh, he is in off-season mode except for Locked On Bucks. It's uh, Justin Garcia, of course. We thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen, potentially your first watch if you're with us on YouTube and subscribing and following and commenting in the YouTube comments and all those types of things. Uh, we, we have a lot of fun in there. Uh, every day. But, uh, Justin, before we get into the tears, Pat Connerton, official. Serge Barker, official. So those deals have come through. I think we obviously expected that this was going to happen, but as I said, that's 14 guaranteed deals on the roster now. There could be some movement. And we're potentially a 15th spot. I know John Horse spoke to Eric Name about Jordan Wara. Lindell Wigginton, you're talking about a all summer league second teamer uh without a deal with the team so uh you know for the most part it feels like the excitement's done for the bucks this off season
1: yeah um for the group that uh, is not the running it back version of the bucks even though it's basically the same team except the addition of uh joe ingles and somebody today um had (laughs) Asked me too about the Bucks because uh, we, the local radio station, we had our golf outing on oh. the ESPN site earlier today. Yeah. And uh, someone there asked me uh, about Serge Ibaka and what, why even bring back Serge Ibaka? What's the deal there? Um, which I would assume a lot of Bucks fans probably have thought that same thing at, around the time that um, the news of the signing was made. And then, of course, just today or yesterday with it being made official. Um, I don't have a big problem with it. And I, think the, I think the reasoning, and I know this has kind of been dissected already, but just in case people were wondering, I think the reason it was, I mean, one, it's a very low risk move and it gives you some more insurance and depth in the front court. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago of you feel pretty good overall. You just couldn't help but wonder what happens if, and granted last year was kind of the worst case scenario, but what happens if one of those three guys of Bobby, Brooke, and and um, Giannis were to miss some time again, then all of a sudden you look pretty thin in the front court. So it solves that. But also I think the larger thing is, you know, we've talked about trying to find uh, deals that can be moved this gives you another one of those that this is a very, very uh, low cost deal and you're not tacking on any years if it's moved to another team and it kind of helps you juice up a trade a little bit that's adding close to another $2 million into a deal should the Bucks look to do that. So I think the latter is probably more of where they were headed that, hey, this gives us some, some nice insurance policy. And also once we get to February, if we look to do something, this is another close to two million dollars we can include in a trade.
0: Yeah, generally these depth players, and we've spoken about this about uh, Mamu, who, by the way, a All Summer League first teamer. Uh, Mamu, after his excellent Las Vegas uh, week or Las Vegas ten days there, um, but what we said, you know, we expect, or I certainly expect, you know, sometimes things go wrong, particularly in the early part of the regular season. We know Bart will play a lot more guys, so I think Mamu will probably play some minutes. Maybe Serge Ibaka will play some minutes. I think the other point that's worth noting is, and Eric Name was getting into this on Twitter today, is just the idea that when you're literally talking about your 14th player or 15th player on a roster, people say, well, why didn't you get this guy free agency? Why didn't you get this guy? And it's like, because you got no minutes to offer. And these players know this. So they don't want to come uh, sign up for that deal. Serge Barker, obviously, there was for a month or two last year. And yeah, we were even questioning, is he really happy sitting on the bench? Does he think he's got some more left in the tank? So that was probably the biggest reason why I was surprised that he came back. I've got no problem with the signing. He's a fine depth piece, fine regular season player. I was just wondering whether Serge Ibaka wanted to sign up to a deal that you kind of look at
1: it and you're like, well, if you're playing in the postseason, something's probably seriously gone wrong. And I, I think what really encapsulates that last point that you made, We, I think you and I talked about this before too, but you go back a couple of years, I think it was the 2019 buyout market with wesley matthews where Mm. he was a guy that was pretty sought after and chose to go to the pacers because he could play um and i think this offseason too what kind of caught a lot of people maybe a lot by surprise seeing goran dragic go to the Bulls instead of Mm. some other teams that he'd been linked to but that again and and especially looking at, at some of his recent comments uh that's another seems to me pretty clear scenario of yeah, it's one thing to go somewhere to be the veteran and maybe not play a whole lot, but there's you know still guys that, that want to play and uh that gives them those opportunities to go elsewhere. So I was very surprised as well that Serge Ibaka was, was kind of willing to say okay, I'm willing to be that, you know, third option or the fourth big man on the roster and we'll see what happens uh to come back to Milwaukee.
0: And uh, as we've referenced a number of times with the Mamu stuff and Frank's gone through a lot of the lineup data, advanced numbers and stuff on the podcast recently, you know, certainly the numbers weren't great with Mamu alongside Giannis. Let's just say that. And that's not to say that he can't get better. He's a first year player. He was a rookie and a second round pick. So it's not having a crack at him at all. Uh, but I'm curious to see how the Bucks do decide to manage Brook Lopez uh, this season, you know, missed a lot of basketball last year, and that's fine. We He came back and I thought he looked great. Uh, but that doesn't tell me that they want to go back to the 2018-19 season where Brook played the first 81 games of the season. You know, I, I don't think that that's going to be the case. So I would expect, again, uh, early in the season that Serge will get a chance to play. And by the way, he was coming off major back surgery as well. So maybe
1: he looks a bit better this offseason. That's also a possibility. Yeah, that's the other thing I was gonna mention is um he's he was kind of similar to Brooke yeah. in what he was coming off of with the the surgery. And you know, I think overall it, it wasn't it probably wasn't what you expected and a little trending towards disappointment with what you got from from Surge last year. But I again, want a prime OKC <laughs> surge box. But, but again, I mean he was insurance more than anything else and uh look i know a lot of people have made comments about sergey Baca's age in the past but if i'm going off of uh what sergey Baca says his age is sergey Bacca is younger than brooke lopez so yeah. it it gives you uh you know just some more depth and uh just the notion of we'll see what he looks like that maybe he was you know needing a little more time to fully recuperate and I'm with you that I, I think the way you see Brook Lopez utilized and used is going to be much different going forward than it was in the 1819 season and certainly prior to this past year.
0: Well, he certainly doesn't look out of shape. We can say that about Sergio Barker. He still looks fantastic physically, uh, certainly from the outside, no doubt about that. All right, let's get to these tiers. Uh, Where Gian- do we think Giannis ranks right now as a player? We're going to get into that. In just a little bit here, we'll talk about BetOnline first, Uh, our longtime partners of the podcast. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find out uh, all the odds from your favorite sports and events at the number one online source uh, for those types of things at BetOnline.net. We've mentioned it. You can get the destination for Donovan Mitchell, New York Knicks, strong favorites there, but maybe you think that's not going to happen. Where is KD going to get traded? You can find those odds, NBA championship odds for next season. All the different uh, markets for future awards, Defensive Player of the Year. Giannis is like the eighth favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. Staggering stuff there. But you can get all that at betonline.net as well as uh, Major League Baseball, uh, Football Futures, NFL and College. It's obviously going to come around super, super quick here. We're already at the end of July. So it's yeah, next month. You'll have football back. Uh, so you can check out all those there. Just head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. That's BetOnline where the game starts. Uh, Also happening today on the Locked On Network, which NFL stars move the betting line starting July 18th? Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So that one's actually already underway but you can go back and check out uh, the last couple of days of that. Uh, let's talk about the tiers. So Seth now had him on this podcast a number of times. Used to work uh, for the Bucks. Uh, smart man. knows. You know. Uh, so I started reading this book, by the way. So I started reading this book yesterday. And for those that are on Twitter, you'll know that I wasn't the only one that started reading this book yesterday. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. The mid-range theory. <laughs> so, hey. Look, it, it appeals to, to everyone and uh it's a fantastic book i've read a couple of chapters uh so far and it honestly i mean already i just read a couple of chapters and it's i'm thinking about things i probably don't try to profess to be a basketball expert in from the numbers from the data from the analytical stuff but it's super interesting and informative so check it out the mid-range theory but seth does his tiers uh every year in the athletic uh top one 125 players but He has these tiers, and you can check it out at The Athletic, but he has Tier 1A, Tier 1B, Tier 1C. you have a bunch of players in these individual tiers, and it's not necessarily ranking those players, but they're just sort of lumped in there together and comes out the top 125 players. And you can read more about the criteria uh, on the website. But Tier 1A, he's got four players this year, Justin. Jokic, Giannis, Curry, and KD. Uh, Anything stand out to you there?
1: um not really um i do wonder how much it would be curious to ask uh Seth how much this tier changed through the course of the year because i think for most of the season Kevin Durant was uh, in that mix and and I'll, i think a lot of people even say Joel Embiid is in that mix for the one A. The Steph Curry, I don't have a problem with, but that was the one that moderately surprised me. That I, w- I assumed he would have been in uh, that one B category. Uh, but the the rest of the list, I mean, I, I think you would look at that and say, these entering the season, uh, these are the four best players on the planet. These four guys: and Jokic, Giannis, Steph, and Kevin Durant. So just for the information
0: sake of our viewers and listeners, and again, check out the full list, but 1B, you've got Joel Embiid and Luka Doncic. You know, Doncic, I think, is making a case for 1A, certainly. And then uh, 1C, you've got Kawhi and LeBron James. Now, the cool thing about this list that he's got up at The Athletic is that it's got where they were for 2021 and where they were for 2020. So he's been doing these at tears for a few years now. So uh, Giannis is actually the only player that's been 1A the whole way through, uh, which makes sense. Uh, there's an MVP there, that first year title and finals MVP the year after. So yeah, reasonable case. And I think, I honestly think, I, I don't know if you have any argument for this, but I think by the time we got to the end of the postseason this year and I was looking, just went back and looked at the numbers again. And we understand you know, last year it was a little more definitive. Finals MVP, you win the title. Absolutely, Crush any of the question marks in emphatic fashion. Beautiful stuff. Uh, if you're a, a fond listener of this podcast, and uh, this year though, even though the Bucks got eliminated in the second round, he finished the play out uh, the postseason uh, first for scoring. It was tied first, I, th- I think there was another play there, but 31.7 points per game. Second in rebounds, 14.2. So just putting up 32 and 14 per night. He was fifth in assists for 6.8 per game. He was top ten in blocks as well. So. I mean, the point being that, yes, the Bucks are only... And, and it's kind of funny that we look at this now and everyone's just decided, for the most part, Giannis is undisputed best player in the world. I don't think there's an argument. But you can put these tiers and that's fine. Like, these players are all time. So there's I've got no issue with it. But I think most people admit now or come to the conclusion that Giannis is the best player in the world. It's just so funny that this year, the postseason, they're like, yeah, well, they was second round, but Chris wasn't there. But look at the numbers. He's a dominant playoff performer. And it's just, you know, it changes. You just get that one title, have that finals MVP performance, and now everyone's on board. So I think Frank mentioned it a few times this year. But the beauty of at least watching the Bucks this year is that you didn't have to worry about the narrative because nobody cared. Everyone's like, well, we've already seen it. He's already climbed the mountain.
1: Yeah, um, he can't do anything to uh, harm himself really going forward that all he can do is... Is add to his legacy of uh, certainly Bucks history, where you view him and Kareem, but uh, all time great. That I mean, we're we're reaching the point that as he continues to chip off more and more milestones, it, is when you have the conversation of is he a top fifteen player? Can he start to reach potentially top ten all time with what he's doing? And that's that's what stood out to me um, when we look at the ones specifically from. Seth's uh, tears here was Giannis, as you mentioned, consistently being in that uh, top group of individuals as a one A. Each of the three years that Seth has, has done this, the Kawhi one was probably the most mm. interesting to me because I don't, you know, have issue with it, but uh, it's it's clear that it's um, based on what we've seen from Kawhi Leonard and how this position is arguably the most important now in the game. This is where we're ranking him, but it, it does kind of feel like a wait and see that it's it's been a while since we've seen Kawhi Leonard play that we're just going off of what he last was. And that's the one I think where we could see the most fluidity of if he is able to come back and still be that same guy. By the end of the year, we're probably having a conversation where it's man, Kawhi is actually one B or maybe higher, if not because of you know, the injuries that have started to pile up, then it's it's Jason Tatum actually a little higher than Kawhi Leonard on this list. So the only other one, and I'm curious to know what people
0: think about this. And again, people that have heard me talk about Kevin Durant a lot, they'll know that I love everything about Kevin Durant. Perhaps particularly the social media stuff. I love the fact that he's just like going at people all the time. Like I just think it's fantastic content. Uh, and he's not afraid. He's not afraid to say stuff. And uh, he's open and honest, which I really appreciate. It, to, it you know, Realistically, though, he's played 88 games in the regular season over the last three seasons out of you know, whatever it was, 230. I, I know there was a couple of shortened seasons there, whatever. 34. I've got it here right now. So he's, how old is he right this second? 30, yeah, 34 in a couple of months' time. I wonder, I wonder where he's going to be next year if he has another season where there's a few injuries there, because I do find the conversation around what are you trading for Kevin Durant really interesting, and I I don't really know who to compare it to. Maybe LeBron, like if you go back a few years ago, so... The interesting thing is that I hear all these conversations about, would he go to Toronto? And it's like, well, if you're Toronto, there's no way you can throw Scotty Barnes in there. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's a future 10-time All-Star. I was like, okay, well, this seems to be the consensus. But I was thinking to myself, like, you have to take a gamble. So say if you're the Bucks, uh, so Giannis has, what, had eight years in the NBA now, eight or nine. And if you said after two years of Giannis and you're seeing everything that you can see and you're seeing all the potential is there, And I've said this before. Even after the second year, I was like, "It could be an all-star player." There's no way that you could have possibly said, "Well, he's going to win multiple MVPs. He's going to be Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to be drop 50 in an NBA Finals game." Like you could, like the chances of that happening is so slim because Giannis is a generational player. But after year two, if someone had said, "Well, LeBron James can come to Milwaukee," like would you have sat there and said, "Well, Giannis is off the table"? And I'm sure that there'll be some people that say. Yeah, I would I would have Giannis off the table, but at the same time, it's an insane thing to think about. And, the, and the, my point being that the chance that Scottie Barnes gets anywhere near Giannis has to be pretty low percentage chance that Scotty Barnes becomes a Giannis type player because it's just so rare; it's it, it doesn't happen. So why, if you're Tor- if you're Toronto, I think the interesting question is: Do you have belief that Kevin Durant is a one A player and he's going to be a one A player for another two years and you can win a title? I don't know. I think Durant is in an interesting position where it's hard to tell where it goes from here.
1: Yeah, um, I have seen all of that, and, and also you almost kind of roll your eyes where it's well, we're not willing to give this guy up for Kevin Durant, and, and you think, what, what are we doing here? That, yeah, that's, this that's is th- this is one of the greatest players of all time, and this is the guy that immediately makes you a championship contender like you get Kevin Durant regardless of the haul that you're going to have to give up because look we know it would be more than Scotty Barnes but you're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference if you have him so to say yeah we're not willing to give that guy up for him who knows if Scotty Barnes is is going to end up having half the career that Kevin Durant has already had so that's that's the big thing for me that you know especially when people started to ponder well uh would you trade, you know, this player on the Bucks for Kevin Durant when you're a team that's at the Bucks level, it's not so much talking about, you know, Kevin Durant, the player it's, it's talking about fit that you've already won the championship and you're already a contender that you're not having the conversation of whatever it takes to put us in there. It's well, does this actually fit with what we're doing? So that's why you would see, you know, the pushback of, well, if the bucks want to give up Chris Middleton and or drew holiday for him, then why should the Raptors be willing to give up Scotty Barnes? Because the Bucs already won a title, and the Bucs are already title contenders. They don't need Kevin Durant to get him there. So I I, I think Scotty Barnes is a fine young player, and it's not just him. It was all the other, you know, trades and um, even the Phoenix aspect, too, where it's, well, we're not willing to part with Mikhail Bridges for him. Like, y- yes, you are, if it means getting Kevin Durant – then then don't even entertain the thought like i don't understand where this is coming from
0: i agree but that's why i bring up the Giannis lebron just completely random hypothetical it was never actually going to happen but that's why i bring that up because if you were the bucks in 2016 17 it's like well i don't know where this franchise is going I mean, I wouldn't have ever expected they were going to win a title. So if someone said to you, look, LeBron, we can, you can trade for LeBron, but you're going to have to throw Giannis in the package. I'm betting that most people would have said, yeah, let's, let's do that because now Milwaukee has a chance to do something that it hasn't done in 50 years, which is why I find the Scotty Barnes thing so, so hilarious. It's like, yes, trade him for Kevin Durant. But I do wonder if people are concerned with Kevin Durant you know, being 34, having all those injuries, is there a feeling that maybe uh, he's in the slight? So I think it's going to be interesting to see And certainly, you know, next year, it wouldn't surprise me if Doncic is the guy that moves up into that 1A category. Obviously, he's super young. So that's interesting at the top. But as I said from the start, I think most people have got to the unanimous position. Now that Giannis is the best player in the world and he's right in the center of his peak. Maybe you could argue he's just coming into his peak, which is is crazy to think about. If we keep going down the list, so you have different, uh, you know, you have the Tier 2s, then you get to Tier 3A. You got Drew Holiday and Chris Milton in Tier Three A, which basically has them top twenty-five players. Uh, the other players that are in Tier Three uh, A: Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, and Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving, he, I mean, this is—he's obviously taken a bit of a hit here because uh, it's it's difficult to really picture where he is. Albeit to be fair to Seth, he had him two C last year, so only just one. Category up and then 3A back in 2020, although it's been a pretty rocky few years for Kyrie Irving to be sure. The Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday top 25 players. I, I, when I'm describing them, I always say they're top 25 to 30 players. It seems, seems reasonable enough.
1: Yeah. I, um, that's where it gets tricky with this list, as uh, Seth is going to be quick to point out. This is not ranking, so don't just look at these guys in order and say, "Okay, he's got Drew Holiday as the twentieth best player." Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's why league. I just put the broad number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the Holiday one, not surprising, and you know, similar to what we said with Giannis, Drew Holiday has consistently been rated there in each of these three years as a three A player, which I don't have a problem with, and certainly passes the eye test. Chris was uh, uh, in the twos last year, two C. That's um, mildly interesting to me that I, I would still. I mean, Seth knows better than me, but I would, I would still push for him to be in that uh, that two column. Uh, but the interesting so 2C, part with Chris, so just
0: quickly, two C. So two C this year is Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, Paul George,
1: Damian Lillard.
0: yeah, it's pretty high quality uh, players.
1: Pretty good players, yeah, pretty yeah. good guys. Um, you know the interesting part with Chris is kind of what we talked about with with Kevin Durant, where um I think this year, not a knock or anything on Chris. this is gonna be an interesting year, yeah, uh, one he's he's coming off the knee injury and an uh, in under the radar wrist surgery as well, um it's gonna be a big year for him for the reason that it's a contract year or or the potential to be a contract year. but also you know it's been an interesting landscape in the nba the last couple of years for people that play the same position as chris when you look at some of the injuries and we already touched on why leonard has been out of the picture the last basically you know two years or end of playoffs and all of last year and not in the conversation with those injuries paul george has kind of been uh similar we've seen lebron take a hit so the wing players injuries have kind of been an issue where guys that you would look at and say are perennial all-stars and are in that conversation as top uh, 10-ish players we've seen kind of take some hits and that's opened the door for uh, Chris Middleton so I'm going to be curious to see how his public perception changes Mm. if this is a year where that position is healthy and where we saw Jason Tatum I think take a leap last year and his emergence all throughout the postseason and in the finals, if Kawhi Leonard is able to return to form, and uh, if Kevin Durant, another guy that I didn't really mention, but you talk about the injury shortened seasons, that's opened the door as well. So that's going to make for an for an interesting year for Chris. I think he and Drew Holiday are basically the same caliber player. I may yeah. not Chris a li- like a nudge higher, but I think you know to see them in the same tier makes a whole lot of sense to me. And especially in the group that Seth has assigned him to where their peers are basically, you know, Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, and, and the interesting ones you noted, Kyrie Irving.
0: So as we go down, there's only one Isle Bucks player in these, uh in this year's TLS, uh, tier list, I should say. And it's Brooke Lopez, he's in the 4B category. That's pretty consistent with where he's been, uh, in early years, which is interesting because he missed most of last regular season. Although, as we noted, certainly in my opinion, he came back and looked you know, fantastic. There were certain situations where, you're like, I'm not sure well, how, how this works personnel wise, but I, I thought he was great. I thought he looked fantastic when he came back. So it makes sense he's around the same category. Also, could be a big year for him. I mean, we keep talking about it, but is there a drop off at some point there? Uh, I think he's in a he's in a fine. A spot here on a list it's interesting though cuz the other big men and I compare it by guys that play the same position cuz otherwise it's it's too difficult but uh the other big men that are in this 4B category so Jonas Valančiūnas I think pretty good player uh Miles Turner I think Brook Lopez is pretty comfortably a better player than Miles Turner but uh and Kristaps Porziņģis is also 4B but then again if I go up to 4A so I'm like would I move Brook Lopez up to 4A but then you're looking at uh, Sabonis, DeAndre Ayton, I'm fine to concede at this point in time, but you know, with with the combination of age, what they can bring to the table, uh, I think I'm fine with Brooke here. In the end, it equates to being a top 85 ish player. I, I think you could argue, yeah, you know, before the back injury, coming off the title, he'd probably be a bit bit higher than that. But I'm fine with it. It makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, um, it, it's uh, it's an interesting group that. You know, we see Brookin and the easy comp too, is, as you noted, is the Miles Turner. Um, I agree with your assessment, but I'd say be careful because I think a lot of Bucks fans don't feel the same way. that That's the name that has come up the most throughout the past couple of years. Um, but just looking at the bottom of the list, uh, or the groups, I should say, the the natural inclination for me was to immediately go to the bottom and see, okay, who are some of the... Mm. guys that barely made the fives here guys like joe harris and Mm. uh, alex caruso is in there norm powell our old friend is in there as well but looking down there grant williams was a 5a so let's cut Um, to the
0: chase here no bobby portis no
1: pat connor surprising yeah a little bit yeah um and you know then you immediately jump to okay who's the guy that the bucks have that is most likely to be, that that missed the cut, that's most likely to be included in these tiers one year from now, when and if Seth Partnow does them again. Um 1A? Eh? Well, uh, that's where my mind kind of wandered to <laughs> because Bobby Portis and uh, Pat Conditon are kind of the obvious. Uh, I do wonder how much of it is, you know kind of like the conversation we had last summer about P.J. Tucker's a good fit with contenders. He seemed like a perfect fit with the Bucs. Pat Connaughton, I, I think, is, is basically a good fit on any team he would go to, especially contending teams. Bobby is maybe more of a, well, it's got to be the right scenario based on what we've seen in previous stops thing there. But, but Bochamp, um, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, we both talked about how we were impressed with how the jump shot looked. And if he can step in at the minutes he's given, and again, I'm not saying he's going to be starting and he's going to be making a huge impact, but if he can show some of that consistent growth this season and the offense comes along better than you anticipate, I would be inclined to say Marjan Bochamp would be the guy the Bucks have most likely to push that five, a category one year from now.
0: Well, as we wrap it up, the one guy that I did look at, uh, because I thought Pat, I think Pat probably deserves to be on the list. Uh, so the guy I was looking for, I said, Well, okay, where's PJ Tucker? And PJ Tucker mm-hmm. did just like slip into this five. Um, yeah, and it's a huge group of players there. And I'm not gonna, you know, lose my mind over the fact that Pat Conradin's not in tier five, Like it's, it's not that important to me, but it is interesting. I mean, we talk about a guy that even if you just flat out look at the contract value, we've spoken about it, PJ Tucker 10. Sort of plus million to play with the Philadelphia 76s. And then we look at the contract value of Pat Conner, And for two guys that, and I'm not, you know, you could, I'm not trying to say Pat's been as done as much defensively as PJ does over the course of his career. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but we discussed it on the show uh, last week or when the Pat deal came out that I, I do think, you know, when you look at the money that Pat's getting per year, and if you want to spread it out over the four years, about 6.5, somewhere around there per year. Yeah, uh, compared to PJ signing the the ten plus mil for the next three, you know, I I think they're comparable players for the role that they're going to be asked to play for their teams moving forward. And again, I'm taking into the account that PJ is 37 and going to be 38, 39 moving into his 40. So, yeah, that 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 was one that did surprise me. Again, I don't think it's a big deal, but I thought Pat, with what he's been able to do the last few years, might sneak in there. And hey, who knows? Maybe he was tier five B. Maybe he was play 126.
1: Well, for me, the the more obvious comps and I wouldn't say head-scratchers, but what you would point to in, in regard to Pat are the names that stood out to me the most near the very bottom of these <laughs> groups. Uh, yeah. Alex Caruso made it in as a 5A and Quentin Marcus Grimes. Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris, certainly. Quentin Grimes, though, one year in the league and yeah. pretty identical numbers to what Pat Connaughton has done throughout his Milwaukee career that – those were those two, and, and Marcus Morris were the ones that really kind of would circle and say, "Well, uh, what does Pat not do that these guys are doing?" Yes, well, that's it. And
0: uh, you yeah, know, I mean, Seth. I'm not saying he does this subconsciously, but you do You don't want to be seen to. Uh, you can't have the whole Milwaukee Buck roster in there. You, you do. If you put yourself out there and do a tier system like Seth does, every fan base wants to accuse you of uh, making some sort of mistake. So I have to honor the courage for Seth to keep doing this uh, tier list and then bracing himself uh, for the feedback to come. But it's certainly fun for us because we get to discuss, ultimately, we get to discuss the fact that we think Giannis is the best player in the world. So we'll take any excuse uh, to do that. That's for sure. Uh, Camille's back tomorrow. Uh, we'll be talking some more Buck stuff. There's always news going on around the league. So we'll find something to talk about. Make sure you check out uh, that episode there. And uh, Justin, you know, you did the back-to-back-to-back last week giving you one podcast week, you know, we don't
1: want to, we don't want to overwork you. Um. Yeah. But before you know it, I, I'm going to have to kind of get back on that treadmill because we're what uh, basically two months out from training camp starting and uh, things are really starting to pick up. So before you know it, it's going to be here. I hope
0: so. I'm ready. I'm already bored. I, honestly, yeah. I'm bored. I want to watch some basketball. So uh, let's hope that it comes around quickly. But make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast as well. Uh, like Locked On Bucks, that'll run through the offseason. So you'll be able to keep up with all the stuff going on around the rest of the NBA. Uh, who knows what's happening with the Nets? Who knows what's happening with the Lakers? I'm sure they talk about it on there. I don't know. Go listen to it after you listen to Locked On Bucks. And as I said, uh, Camille will be with me tomorrow. So we'll speak to you guys then.